You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. Sid Talk, welcome. Why, why is your mouth open? You told me I'd be quiet for ten whole seconds, so I thought, well, if nothing's coming out, I might as well keep it open. Let's before the after the show discussion. Let's talk about we went for a hike in the woods yesterday, which we do often in summer. No, last year we started. Last year we did we it went quite for often. a few. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this we actually went we for go. quite a few because we'd done 43 miles. I off. hope we go a lot more. But uh, anyway, we did a hike in the woods yesterday and it was really, really muddy. Correct. I, I didn't enjoy it so much. It was too muddy for me. I was slipping all over the place and. Um, you overthink it. You were stepping in the mud. That's You were stepping in the mud. It's of area that's leafy and mossy around behind the trees. You don't have to be on the trail. I mean, it's so it's pretty and I, treacherous. I, I was so annoyed because I'm like, don't step in the fucking mud. But it was more treacherous for you because you nearly fell over a few times. Yeah, but I wasn't stepping in the mud. Yeah, but I didn't slip over at all. <laughs> Not true. You said, oh. I, I went, heard, oh, but a couple I times. Went. I didn't ever fell over so my, my walking method, which I have used for forty four years, was yeah, actually. But then quite you also good. complained about how muddy your shoes are and how hard it was, and like if you just don't walk in the mud, you'll be fine. But what else did we find in the mud? Uh, we found some gold coins. No, we didn't. No, we didn't. I was making that up. We um found some tracks of a wolf. Correct. We also found some tracks of a raccoon. Raccoon or a. It was a raccoon. I've investigated. I saw some human tracks. So there were human, there had been some human bare feet tracks. Going the other way. Yeah. Not bare feet, that would be weird. There was another <laughs> man walking in the mud. So I said, You're a man mudwalker because you don't listen. It's mud, don't. it's fun to walk in. No, that is not true because you said how terrible it was. So don't bullshit everybody. You didn't like it. But I'll be glad when it's very when it's dried up. And it really does dry up because it gets pretty hot. Yeah, there were spots where you could tell the sun shined on it a lot. And um it was kind of drying, but there was ice some places. I'm, I liked it. So but I'm anyway, the message here is go out and walk or walk somewhere every day or go on your treadmill. Just <laughs> walk around we or didn't run walk around. walk today. I will be later, but walk or run around. You don't ever do it on movie day. I will today, though, because it's a different day than normal. But that, the viewers or listeners don't care about that. But. Oh my god, you're so weird. Why? <laughs> You don't walk on movie day, but because we move movie day, you have to walk today. And well, you yesterday walk I didn't do enough, but so today I want to do be... more, and tomorrow I want to do more. That but tomorrow was, would be answer. normal movie day, so you shouldn't do it. No, I would do it tomorrow, because I'm not doing anything else. So. <sighs> I would do an hour tomorrow, or do an hour today. Anyway, an who hour. cares about that? Saturday. Well, somebody does, I care. An hour. Holy crap. It's Saturday, March the 8th. It actually isn't, but who cares? Saturday, March it's the 8th. It's March the 7th. It's Friday. And it's after the show number 317, and the movie we're watching this week, or we've just watched, is The Hunger Games Catching Fire, it's a 2013 movie, released on Blu-ray, actually, today. You can pick it up today, Friday. Um, because today is actually Friday, March the 6th. And, and it's not unusual for a Blu-ray to come out on a Friday, but The Hunger Games is an important one for Lionsgate, so they move it out of the way of all the other releases. However... Everyone listening to this, you will be your regimented self and you'll put it out on Monday, so none of this matters. Tuesday. Tuesday, so Blue none of this Tuesday. matters. 
Anyway, it is uh, PG-13 from our friends at Lionsgate. The tagline to the movie, and it is the second in the series, is Every Revolution Begins With a Spark. And that will make sense if you watch the movie. So, Sid Tart, what's the synopsis of The Hunger Games Catching Fire? Well, I'm yawning first to get that out of the way. And not because I'm bored or anything. Synopsis this time is it's just a continuation of the story. Hunger Games, we've now gone into a year. Let's past. say they didn't know anything about the first one. What? They're going to, so we're going to assume they do. Um, <laughs> they're not going to watch this one without watching You can the go first back one. and listen to After the Show number, whatever. You could actually watch the first movie, because you probably already have. You could, but we also reviewed it in one of previous And if you podcasts. haven't seen it and you plan to watch them all, then it doesn't matter, because I'm going to say. It's a continuation of the first story. Katniss, a year later, after having done something in the Hunger Games. Six months later. <laughs> is it six months later is all? Yep. Right, because they're going on. So now they're into the fame part of winning, basically. We're going to give that away. And it's like you're a big movie star. You are go on tour and you have to talk, be all dressed up all the time. Propaganda, essentially, though. Propaganda, exactly. And that's part of your... It's what... That's what it's about. You're now part of the machine that oppresses everyone. And that is leads us up to the events of, well, we can't have that. The president doesn't like the uprising idea. People using this idea of hope and blah, blah, blah. And we Hilarity are introduced ensues. to another Hunger Games, another version of the Hunger Games. And that's it, really. True. I mean, so... It's um, a whole big story. It's hard to synopsize one section of it. As we said from the first review of the actual Hunger Games, the first Hunger Games, which was actually directed by a different guy, I had some problems with the first uh, movie, and so did you. And I'm a reader of the books, and you're not. And my problems as a reader of the books were was there's, there wasn't enough information in that first movie as opposed to the book. And that's just a common thing anyway. Um, and my other problem with the first Hunger Games was the the guy who directed that one used tons of shaky cam in it. And uh, I wasn't a fan of the shaky cam. And we, we actually watched the Hunger Games last night. to uh, So we were up to date and we knew fresh in our minds how this one was going to carry on. Um, now what I think about Catching Fire, I think it's a... I like the middle book anyway. I said to you yesterday, the middle book's kind of my favourite one. So... I'm predisposed to probably liking this one. But I think it was overall a better made film. Um, it lot dropped the shaky cam. and <laughs> for, obvi- for reasons you find out for in the reasons, extras. For obvious reasons. But it, it dropped it, it. It looked, you know, it was a different type of film. Um, but as a reader of the books, it there was a lot more detail in this movie. It's like a two hour, 30, two hour and 30 minute movie. And I think could have been even a little bit longer because this it, it didn't feel I said to you it didn't feel long I've read some reviews just now to, you know after we've watched it to see what other people thought and they were all saying it was an hour too long and I was thinking no. what are you talking about no it, no they're all like oh the beginning bit the lead up to the Hunger Games is really boring like you just want to get to the Hunger Games I'm like no all the lead up is like the really interesting stuff yeah the action yes you know you're going to get some action and that's all well and good but I like all the politicking of of the because it's really profound. Like if you look into yep. it deeper, um, there's some real profound stuff about us and just humans and you know communism that that kind of thing. 
uh, is all communism. In, yeah, there's bits of all kinds of different ways that people. There's no communism in this movie. No. Yes, there is. No. No, no, there's not communism, but there's a lot of spokesperson stuff on different ways that people are kept trodden down, like, and this movie does that. It's not communism exactly, mm-hmm. but it's a version of. No, communism a, is everyone's equal. I know what communism this is. This is like a class system. Yeah, but I mean, the way governments keep people in line and keep them, you know, frothing at the mouth, kind of like this is this is how you're going I would to say go. That's like a democracy as well. Yeah, this is how you. Well, not in this movie. It's not. No, <laughs> this is how you're going to go. But I mean, the way we say every leadership keeps their masses under control in different ways. Right, and, and some are more open than others. This one's completely not open at all. Like, you're basically doing what they say under their rules, and that's it. Like, it, there's, you know, and exactly what Katniss Everdeen is, the revolutionary who... But is, she's not. She doesn't... She just is what she is. Yeah, but uh, the spark thing is exactly yeah. what she is. She's the spark for a revolution. Which it can be anything to spy for a revolution. It can be, and mm-hmm. that's that's how this is portrayed. So I like the story, and I think it's a lot. You know, like school kids are reading and stuff. There's a lot more to it than them running around in a Hunger Games, and that's why I like it. There's a lot to digest. Now I think the movie was really well made. This one, I thought it was really well filmed. Um, there were some details missing from the book that they just glossed over in in like. They just said a line, and I was like, oh, really? The um, Jabba Jays is mm-hmm. one, for instance. They're detailed quite well in the book. And but in watching it as a non-book reader, don't care. All I know is they said what it was, and that's enough for me. I don't need anything But they didn't else. really say what it was very Yes, much. you did. I don't care where they came from. I only care right. that that's what they do. Is that right, they but how they... Uh, about them being a government-funded... Uh, but that's irrelevant. When I'm watching the story... Yeah, but it fills detail. in some more detail about that government to me. True. Like how, under, how evil they are. Like, it's just this, you know, this fucked up thing that they're doing all the time. Like, these weird little things that they can get into your life somehow through things that you might not even realize, you know? Like Big Brother. It is yeah. like an Orwellian type thing. Absolutely. So, so um, I really enjoyed it. I hate the way it ends. Not... Because of the way it ends, but because of them leaving it, like, for the next up one. in the air for you. It's not up in the air for me, because I know how it ends, but I could imagine it being a bit frustrating for some viewers. Like, mm-hmm. oh, really? You're gonna frustrating? Stop- You're going to actually stop it there? I um, know one person listening to this would be like, don't say frustrating! And I I'm said, one of them as well. You said frustrating. Right. It's but anyway, regardless. Um, it's not regardless. I'm telling you. That's not correct. Okay, but if... Uh, uh, <laughs> Again, correct me. Um, yeah, I will correct you. Right. I is forgot it? what I'm saying now. So go on. What do you, what is your um, thoughts on this movie? I think that compared, not the movie to the other movie, because I don't like to compare, but in terms of being a non-book reader to watching just the movie version, the first one felt to me, there was, I just felt like there were a lot of time, like the thing about PETA, I just didn't under, I just like, he's just nothing. Why, why is she... Why are they making it a love story? I felt like I don't even get this. I mean, it was like nothing. It was flat. It was blah. So as a reader, I would have probably read more into it. So as a movie watcher, it was just didn't fill it in enough. You know, if you read the book, then you have all those little details filled in for you. 
that I, that I didn't get. This time, he's a much different person. I get a lot more from him. Like, in the first one, you get little hints that he's a very good guy. This one, you keep, it keeps pecking away at that. And I like that. That helped a lot. Also, I didn't feel the brutality of the government in the first one. I felt like, okay, so they're all downtrodden and they're all hungry and they're doing all the work and all the people in the capital get all the benefits. Why don't they just freaking rebel? Like, I don't get it. And they had, but in the rebelled. first one, but they, and yeah, that's but, the idea of the, yeah, yeah. but that's 75 years ago. Right. So and now, it was explained in the opening credits. Barely. It was barely explained why now people didn't uh, rise up at all. And the whole thing, I just kept thinking, why are you all just walking around like zombies? Like you're just half dead anyway. Then what's the point? Why not just, uh, who cares? You know, that was the vibe I got. I had no hint. Of the actual brutality, other than here are the Hunger Games and how horrible that is. But on a day-to-day basis, there seemed to be no reason for all these people to just go along with it. Like, no reason at all. I noticed, this time... I noticed watching that first movie there, that they didn't really explain about... You know when they put your name in the hat mm-hmm. for the Hunger Games? Everybody gets the... You know, the youngsters get the names put in the hat. And they didn't really explain in the first movie, aside from one line of dialogue where she tells, don't... But in the book, it's explained that you can have a, a, a quite a nice life. They come, the military, and they say, do you want a month's worth of food? And you say yes, and they say, okay, that's three more names in the hat. Of, of your, your children. Of you. Of your, your children. children. So you can take that and sacrifice, yeah. you know, all, you know, your children. Um, you could... And still could never get picked because it's a lottery, isn't it? But they don't really explain that that well, and it's really throwaway and quick. It was enough. It was, was plenty. It enough? Yeah, totally. I was thinking myself, uh, that's not. Really no, I totally got it. I understood immediately. I think that they should have shown some there family be families who could potentially even have children just to make a better life for themselves. I, I think they should have shown more of that, though. It didn't even. In the book, it's pretty well explained. Right, but again, you're coming at it from the book. I. Didn't matter to me. As soon as she said it, I was like, oh, right. So, yeah, you don't want to get bribed, basically, into giving up your children. Um, as far as, like, the brutality, back to that, this time it's much more clear on the on the ground basis, right in your face, why each individual district and each individual person has the terror, the fear in them. That they're, you know, so then I have to fill in the gaps again, because it hasn't been filled in for me, visually, on a movie, that this kind of stuff has always happened all 75 years. Not just, the rebellion happened, it's over, now we do the Hunger Games, everyone workforce and shut your mouth, and that's it. Because that's not clearly what it is. So this time, I felt a lot more threat from the government. Not just the manipulation and the propaganda, but like, physical The, the guy in the white armor was awesome. Yeah, he was good. I mean, I was, that was, and that scene... Which is quite graphic, what, they, mm-hmm. what they're doing, especially because this is like a PG-13 movie. The idea of it, even, it does get over the... You know when they come and they're like ransacking houses and mm-hmm. just... It's kind of like Nazi Germany a little bit, that where they just sent all the mm-hmm. troops and just wrecked everything. <laughs> just like, you don't matter at all. Yeah, absolutely. So, That's yeah, what I'm saying. The hands-on... Right. Yeah, it's really portrayed... Quite brutally. To where really people would be would. easily swayed into just staying shut up and... You know. and yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. That kind of stuff. So that was better portrayed, like more severe. And that helped me 
feel more for why the Hunger Games, not just that it shouldn't end already, but that there has to be something tied with the Hunger Games that causes the whole thing to fall down. And that was kind of the theme, too. There's always a weak spot. There's a weak spot here, and this thing has a weak spot, and this person has a weak spot. And now, to me, the Hunger Games, somehow that one aspect of their life, once it starts to crumble, the whole of it starts to crumble. And I think that's, to me, that filled it in a lot more. And that is the, literally, like it, that theme just goes right mm-hmm. through this whole thing, doesn't it? Um, so let's go on to the cast here. Um, Jennifer Lawrence portray, you know, Katniss Everdeen, she's back again. Uh, she's really fantastic in that role. It's a, it's a demanding role physically, I think. Mm-hmm. And a little... Just for me, if there's anything I have to nitpick on this one, I think my idea of Katniss in my head is she's quite strong and she gets a little bit hysterical in a few scenes where I'm like, eh, maybe she's... I don't know if she'd be that weak in, in parts. But you're coming from the book again. Yeah. To me, so, she's totally strong, like a pillar. When is she hysterical? I don't want to spoil it, but there's a couple of scenes where I thought she might have gone a little bit overboard acting-wise. But mm. um, she's just a girl. That's well. That's the only, <laughs> like I said if I had to nitpick. Right. I think she does a good job overall. You know, um, how old is she? And how old is like twenty something? I think Katniss is supposed to be like seventeen. No, no. That's it. Obviously, she's not 17. No. No. Um, so, Josh Hutcherson plays Peter Malak again, returns. I didn't really like him in the first one. I thought he was... Just nothing. Nothing. Like, and yeah. I think he did a lot better in oh, this yeah. one. And, like, tons better. Like, he... There is There are some sappy scenes in this movie that I don't particularly like. Some of the lovey-dovey... And I know they're important over, overall, but there are some that sound very, like, soap opera-ish when they're saying things to each other, and I'm kind of like... And it's a lot of the scenes between him and her. And I don't like them that much, but I think he did a good job. Especially when it comes to... He has to do a lot more action in this one. Mm-hmm. And when it did come to the action, I bought him. Like he, I was like, oh, yeah, he can really handle himself in parts. Mm-hmm. You know, there's quite a few battles in this. I think the Hunger Games sequence is a lot more... You know, if I were to complain about the whole of it, it was like really good, really good, really methodical, really slow pace. I loved it. We get to the Hunger Games. Oh, it's over. It's very abrupt. The Hunger Games bit. And I was like, but that. I mean, it's decent length. Like what? It 40 fills minutes in. I mean, it does its duty, but it's like that's the thing. It it not that I want the Hunger Games to be the bulk of the movie. It's just. It's like going along, and then you get the stories of each person that's against them, and then before you know it, you, you're... you It's like, here's the whole movie, and this part over here, this two-inch little thing, is like the wrap-up. But it's not the wrap-up, because it's just a lead-up. So, that would be my only... The first one felt contained to me, obviously. You had the whole of it, the Hunger Games, the victory, and that's it. What are we going to do next? Yeah, actually, think? that first movie could stand alone. If they never Absolutely. really made any others, didn't even... That's how every movie should be. Worked, there yeah. should be no of Now, this. this one, it's like the second part of The Matrix, where you it ends and you go... <gasps> yeah. And it's to be continued. It doesn't actually say to be... But it, it feels like that. You're just like, oh, okay. Like, that's such a cliffhanger. I feel like I want something. Like, yep. that's how I feel. Like, yeah. Uh, I have to wait a year now? I, that's hard. Hard. I'll forget about it in a few weeks, but, you know, it's it's a weird thing. It's like when you watch a TV show, like True Detective, 
and it ends on something and you go, I have to wait till Sunday to, I know. to know what happened. Like, uh, See, this is new. This yeah. is new to our culture because 20 years ago, it, it wouldn't even occur to you that you need it now. No. But now we can go on, you're going to talk about HBO Go, and, HBO Go in a minute. And I could say, well, I want to watch the Oz series now. And watch I all. could go on there and just watch one and the next one and the next one. And when that one's over, be like, oh, I'm ready for the next one. All in five hours or whatever. That's a new thing. But That's back like- in the 70s, <laughs> I went to watch Star Wars with my dad. And it ended. <laughs> and we didn't know there was going to be another Star Wars. And then Four years later. my dad was reading the newspaper or something. And he'd say, there's a new Star Wars coming out. And I'd be like, a new Star Wars? What are you talking about? And then we'd go and see The Empire Strikes Back like four years later. You didn't know it was coming. You, it was there was no like this breadcrumb trail. Now here's the trailer. Here's trailer number two. Is this why you're so into all that breadcrumb trailing? I would have liked it when I was a kid. Ugh, I hate it. I like to just know when it's time. That's I didn't it. want to see. I don't even now. I don't really watch trailers that much. I could watch trailers all day if I wanted, but I'd stay out of trailers a lot because I find they really do ruin films. Absolutely. Um, not always. Some trailers are really well done. Um, but some trailers, it's just too much information. We just watched the trailer for Divergence before this. Um, I closed my eyes a lot. Cause yeah, there was a see. lot of information there that obviously the movie's more than what the trailer is, but there was a lot of information and I feel like I saw all the scenes almost. Uh, so it's sometimes a bit too much. We didn't, but. <laughs> I mean, a bit, I, I saw a bit here and a bit there. I mean, I saw a bit. I saw most of what it has to offer. The journey of the movie. You feel like you've seen already. Which is kind of Someone needs to explain to us, why do you want to know all about a movie before you watch it? Because I have someone at work who will ask me, was that Hunger Games Catching Fire good? Tell me about it. Oh, it was really good. Yeah, but tell me about it. What happened? Well, I don't want to tell you what happened. No, no, I'll just tell me what happened. So when we go to see it, I'll know. Is it good or is it not good? Hmm. I mean, wants to know what happens, and the ending, and then they'll go watch it. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. If I'm not going to watch a movie, I know I'll never watch it, then I like to have someone tell me the whole story. Because it's basically just a story. We're all just... Movies are just tales, aren't they? Like, a thousand years ago, people would have told tales to each other, stories of things. Now we watch it on movies. So I like hearing the story, but just not if I'm going to actually go watch it myself. If it's something I know absolutely would not interest me, I would never, ever turn it on or watch it. I have no wor- worries watching a trailer or even reading the synopsis or, right. or even reading the plot on Wikipedia. It's got Lee Daniels the butler. I don't care about Lee Daniels <laughs> the butler. But but maybe I'm interested in the real story behind that. Right. I would read the real story and go, okay, that's all I need to know about Lee Daniels the butler. I don't want to see that movie. It doesn't really appeal to me. I'm not being... Exactly. So, there are certain ones. But if I know it's something I might like a little bit, I don't really want to know. In this case, weird, because I did read the books first. Yeah, exactly. I was wondering about that. But I still you... enjoy the movies a lot, because they're not my... Um, imagine The visuals in these movies are not what I think they are. Do you feel like... And it doesn't have... make it worse, because I like what they're doing visually. The way the Hunger Games bit was portrayed in this movie was really good. I liked it. It was better than my version. <laughs> You know the clock thing yeah. and everything. I, I thought that was really good, and the um, the waterfall, the, the flood coming down. Uh, I thought they did it really well. Like I was like, wow. I think you think you don't have much of an imagination. I do. It's just different than that. It was a smaller scale, my version of it, and it was quite a big thing what they showed you, right? Well, yeah. But mine was a smaller. I see what you're saying. Yeah, it was a lot smaller, and that was quite epic. And I was like, wow, 
they've really... They don't do things small there in the capital city. No. So, moving back onto the cast, Liam, Liam Hemsworth plays Gale, which is um, it's a love triangle of sorts in this movie. And he's Thor's brother. I only just learned that a couple of days ago. And then I was trying, I was like, no, he's he's good in this, but you don't get a ton of... The thing, the issue I have with this, and it goes back to my thing of everybody's fucking depressed and down and hungry. It's horrible, but I'm telling you what, the three main stars in Hamish or Hamish or whatever his name is, they are always relatively, at least in the beginning parts, they're clean. Their clothes are colorful, or they're really sharp-colored browns and blacks. They're, they're like they're in high contrast, and everyone else is all dull and shit. And I find that really pretentious because, like, she's just one of those downtrodden people, and yet she shines constantly. I get it for movie reasons, but he's the same. He's got a very glow about him. His skin's all nice and colorful. Everyone it's else true. is like they've got. He doesn't ash look like he was. He just he, he doesn't look like he just stepped out of Les Miserables. Right, like, and like, no one else, not one single citizen that they show you almost at all in their whole district. They're all just bleh. And then these two happen to have. She's not a fighter necessarily, but he's got it in him. Yeah, I'll fight. I'll I'll do it. I'll I'll rise up. But we don't see even a hint of that in anyone else. I find that really a, a thing they've missed out. But, but he does a fine job. Now, Woody Harrelson reprises his role as Hamish hey Abernathy. Um, I think he did it better this time. I did. I hate his wig. <laughs> Are you sure it's a wig? It, it's a wig, isn't it? It's, it's a weird wig. It looks all yeah, kind but of... imagine. He's dealt with this shit for how many years? 20 years. Yeah. I, just... I like the character. I, yeah. always, I even did in the books. I like the fact that he's a raging alcoholic and it's just... He's just effed up. He And I said to And now you, we're learning why. And he was a tribute in years past. And he I won. said to you, I'd love to see the, 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 the games that he was in. It would be really awesome. There's your, pre- there's your prequel idea. <laughs> <laughs> Young Woody Harrelson. So let's have 75 <laughs> movies, uh, each winner. I mean, oh, yeah. There you go. Perfect. There's your franchise. There's, there's your money-making ideas. And we'll go back even to when that old lady won. Yeah. She must have won 50, 60 years ago. True. Um, Elizabeth Banks, this is my... Imagine. Go back to the original Hunger Game. Yeah, one. Number one. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be interesting. That's what I'm saying. There's definitely... But you don't want to... Yeah, you don't want to kill it. No, but, a- but I think number one, or the one that Hamish was in, would be an interesting... If she was even going to write a new book to to fill those bits in, because I think Hamish is an interesting character, and... But is he only interesting because he's lived with this for so long, or was he interesting then? I'd like to see him then, though. What was the difference? Yeah, obviously he wasn't a raging alcoholic, just... he was. I imagine him like Peter. And he could survive. Yeah, yeah. clever, but not that tuned in... And just had to do what he had to do. And I'm do. definitely interested in seeing that. So, yeah, that would be interesting to me. But uh, my favourite thing about the movie, Elizabeth Banks plays mm-hmm. Effie Trinket. And why she's my favourite character is she's super complicated, even though on the surface she looks just like... She's getting complicated. She wasn't yeah. in the first one. No. At all. No. There was no depth. It was all this. And now we're starting to scratch the surface and a she- little bit. She's like one of those characters where she can't show what she's feeling. She has to just do the job, which yep. is a stylist she slash has to promotions person. Wear her mask at all times. But it slips slightly, very, very slightly in this movie, it slips. Maybe two or three times. The thing about her is, she was fine with the system. Yep. 
That's part I'm of the proud pro- of it. And that's and part of the problem. Yeah. She's a cog in the machine. And now that the system's changing, she's had to get attached to somebody again who now she she because in the past it would be like winner okay good you're gonna be happy forever it's like she's saving people from this horrible life once she gets a winner she knows she can put them in luxurious place and they'll just live on forever happily happily and that's almost her way of like dealing with it and now the people that are supposed to go on with their happy ending are thrown back in it and i think it's now just starting to she just wants things to keep going but that's terrible yeah you know <laughs> and she's kind of proud of the system of it and it's like everything to her how you look and how you portray yourself and we've got to make this professional yeah you're getting off this train and you're speaking to people so smile as soon as the cat you know Stand she's very but but then inside you can see sometimes on occasion you can't really tell it's elizabeth banks she's so done up she is yeah but um you can see on occasion that she's not really into what's happening like but she can't say it so I love that character, and she's one of my favourites in... Well, I think my favourite character. Um, Donald Sutherland is back as President Snow. He, creepier. He's definitely really creepy and a good choice for President Snow. Yeah, because I think he's creepy anyway. <laughs> yeah. Because of other movies I've seen him in where he creeps me out. And so this one, it's just like, oh, I'm going to take that horrible character and mash it into this horrible character, and he's extra horrible. And President Snow's kind of sidekick in this one is Philip Seymour Hoffman, who plays... Plutarch Heavensby. And he's the game designer guy. In the first one, there was a different game designer guy. Um, Really good. Mm, You know what? I'm not being disrespectful, but it's it's not not that big a deal. He just talks and he doesn't have any depth to him. He has a little bit of, like, you see some cogs spinning in his brain a little bit. He has a huge part in the later. I'm just saying that, but that doesn't affect me. When I'm watching him in this, there's no... Like Elizabeth Banks, her character, she has to transform herself, not just physically, but she has mannerisms and the way she speaks and everything has to go with, and you get it. You get this whole character and she disappears. He doesn't disappear. My favorite scene with him, though. He's kind of like a worn down. Is where he dances with Katniss. Yeah, but again, he just talks and he doesn't, there's no, there's no character coming out of this person other than you're wondering what he's got plotting in his mind, which, to his credit, that comes through with a couple of little glances or something. But there's not, like, he's not put in a position to be a caricature of anything. He's just himself, but kind of sly. Lenny Kravitz it plays Sinner again, who's, who's, who's like the costume eyes. designer guy. His eyes are like It's, the, it's not makeup he puts on his No, on the, the first one, his eyes are fine. Maybe he's stoned. This one is half closed all the time. Do you like him? Not really. I don't care. I'm neutral. I I get the relationship between Absolutely. him and Katniss, and it really makes sense. And then they. I want to know why though. I want to know his motivation. Is he just tired of it all, or what? He just has gives nothing away. There's no hint of he, why. No. He's interested, or why he chose. He made. A, he knew what he was doing. He's another. He's very similar to Effie. Like he's he's just in the business and he's there to do the thing. But he actually is a catalyst. But he's also with his um. He's also a spark. Yeah. <laughs> to start. To start the spark. Yeah. yeah. He's not. A, he's he gives up his fear of whatever circum consequences, and makes the move to go. Okay, everybody. This is we're gonna make a symbol of somebody who's gonna be rise up or whatever so but uh, he doesn't show it that's the thing about his character it's there's cool no hint all the time, yeah. 
Yeah. He's pretty serious. That's the idea, I guess. Like Effie, she has to just keep it together and True. so does he. Like. Um, and then you've got um, Stanley Tucci as Caesar Flickerman. He's I like the, Stanley Tucci. He's really good in this, isn't he? You know, I, oh, like, yeah. I like where he goes, ha, 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 ha. Like just... <laughs> it's just it reminds you know it reminds me of and it's a, a similar theme obviously is the running man that um yep, game yep. show host in the room i bet he watched that is yeah. richard dawson yeah, yeah richard dawson and other game I show hosts for a dollar any game show hosts you know they're all like and he is selling something so horrific yeah and yet he's totally into <laughs> it as far as we know he's totally into it so you don't I, really I ever think, you don't see any behind the scenes no, of that character. It's I just think Stanley Tucci is one of those. He's really good because he totally trans. Sometimes he's just the dude in a suit, you know. He's a bit of a dickhead. Sometimes he's the good guy in a suit. Sometimes he's the lawyer or the boss or the president type. But then other times he's a complete like this. This like is totally huge. Not, not like that's him. what I'm talking about. He's transformed and he's not Stanley Tucci anymore. Not just because of the makeup. But everything about him. And so I found, I think he's, I think he's one of my favorite characters in the whole thing. And I'd also put down Jeffrey Wright plays, um, I forgot his name because I haven't wrote him down, but he plays like the scientist, like there's a bunch mm-hmm. of, in the Hunger Games, there's the different teams and he's like the scientist-y kind of team, which he gets, which he gets, um, typecast into, I've noticed in movies. Kind of. Like he's the clever guy or the guy who's going to hack something or, and then in this, he's that guy again. I like him, and I think he added a different feel to the games itself because there's some older characters in there. Like they're not all kids. Yeah, I like that better. Yeah, I, I mean, have both ends of the spectrum. You also forgot the guy who played Fennec, who I thought was really good. Yeah, British guy. At Sam. first, I was like, "Oh, this guy," and then I realized he's really fine tuning who his character is supposed to appear to be, who he really is. When the shit hits the fan, what's really inside of him and how good he is at... I was impressed. And his name is Sam Clayfin. Or Claflin. Yeah, and he's um He's British. good. Yeah. Really he was good. in uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Was he? Yeah. One of them. Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides. You are correct. True. And that's it? Yeah. He's a British actor and he does a fantastic job of not being British. He does. Both of them do. One and only. He actually... The Australian guy, the Australian, right? Yeah. Or is he New Liam, Zealand? Yeah. Yeah, Australian. Australian. Yeah. They, they, they do, both do a good job. And then I'd finally put down Jenna Malone plays Joanna Mason. I really love that character. She's like the cocky one who swears and, uh. What else was she in? She was in Sucker Punch. She was, uh, Rocket in Sucker Punch. Um, and I love Sucker Punch. And I don't really see her that often. And when she cropped up in this one, I was like, cool. That scene in the elevator where she uh, takes her clothes off, it's <laughs> yeah. awesome. She's just a pretty awesome character. And, you know, there's more for her in the next movies. Um, so this is directed by Francis Lawrence. You know, I remember from, I kept seeing her all dirty and sweaty and it was The Ruins. I don't know yeah, why. Yeah, she was in The Ruins too. <laughs> That's why I keep seeing her face. I was like, what is she? She was also into The Wild. As narration or something. Sucker Punch is what I'm going to always remember her from. So uh, this is directed by Francis Lawrence, and he's also directed Constantine, which I didn't like at all. I don't know about you. No. The only no. thing I did like about Constantine was Gavin Rosendale from Bush played the baddie guy, and I really liked him in it. But Keanu Reeves, I I didn't like him. But Gavin Rosendale, it's I didn't one like of my the favorite things. No, no, it's kind of. Yeah. And then he's all, uh, Francis Lawrence also directed I Am Legend, which I actually really like that. I do too. Yeah. Um, 
I think I need to see that one again, though. Because yeah, actually, bit... I've got a new Blu-ray of it that has the other ending, the one that wasn't seen in theaters. Mm. And I, what I remember about I Am Legend, and we saw it in theaters, was we liked it aside from the ending. The ending was a bit... Mm. Mm, yeah. But the movie, the, the unrated ending is supposed to make the movie different in a good way. So, and I watched the watch original it. since I've seen I Am Legend. Uh, what was it called? Something Man. Yeah. And uh, what was it called? Mara? No. I don't remember. But uh, I watched it since then. Char- Charlton Omega Man. Omega Man. And uh, I liked it too. It was kind of wacky, but kind of dark. And then I would like to see I Am Legend again. So this Francis Lawrence guy definitely brings a different... Even though they fit together, these two movies, that first movie with that shaky cam and that more... I don't know, it's a different feel. Because we just watched them back to back. This one feels more glossy and... A little bit. But is that the IMAX thing? It might be that there was more money put into this one, special effects wise and that. Because there's a lot more... During the games bit in this new one, there's a lot more special effects. Big special Big. effects. The like, wave and yeah, stuff. Yeah, the wave. Oh, and the clock and the... Which all was really cool, I thought. And the first one doesn't have any of that. It's literally kids running around in the woods, right? There's Killing no... each other. Oh, and some shitty looking wolf things. They weren't terribly shitty. They're not great, though, are they? But they're not terrible. I thought they were better this time. We complained about them when we reviewed it. But I think because that scene takes place in the dark mostly, they did disguise them a lot. It didn't look as bad as it could have. In the daytime, I think it might have looked bad. But um, I think this director did a good job, and he's doing the next two as well, the final parts. So I think that's a good choice, because I think he did a really good job of it. So um, extras on the Blu-ray... And the, the extras is a, it's a nine part documentary, and it's actually longer than the movie. It's two hours and thirty something minutes. Two twenty four. And it's um really good. It's the kind of extras that I really like. Like it's not just. Are you gonna watch them all? Yeah, absolutely. We watched maybe what half an hour of them. Um, yeah, I'm definitely gonna watch them all. And there's a commentary by the director, and there's also um some deleted scenes. And one of the deleted scenes, the one that talks about the Jabba Jays, I thought was really good. And I don't know why it wasn't in there, because it was literally like three three or four more lines of dialogue. Because what you said, that it tells you more about how terrible the government is, by the time I'm watching this movie and I haven't read the book, I understand now. I don't need to be told another thing that tells me that the government's bad. Right. So the fact that they have an origin, it really doesn't... I mean, it's an interesting tidbit, but doesn't do anything for the story. Other than tells me how terrible the government is. And by the time about 10 minutes into this movie, 15 minutes, I'm fully convinced of how terrible it is. Yeah. So they definitely do a good job of showing you that. But yeah, there's some deleted scenes. There's a, a sneak peek of Divergent. Plus there's also the trailer of Divergent at the beginning. Um, and there's the commentary. And what's interesting about this movie is because it was made for IMAX. The whole, I'd say the first hour and a half of the movie are in like 240 to 1 aspect ratio, which is the kind of aspect ratio where you have black lines top and bottom on your TV. Now, when the games start, as she goes up the tube into the games, she, as she comes out of the tube, they, they, they slowly disappear, the bars, and then you're left with a full, full widescreen image, the IMAX format, which is 178 to 1. Aspect ratio. Um, you never noticed, but mm-hmm. I immediately said, wow, it just went full screen. Like, And I like the full screen better 
because I think it it just you why have you, why have you got a hundred and odd inch screen like we do when you're using like you know what seventy percent of it? Let's not make it sound like we have like a big TV. I made the screen by hand. No, I mean we have a projector. <laughs> when people never listen, we yeah. have a projector, and I made the hundred and four inch screen that we watch it on out of. Four dollar a yard blackout curtain. Yeah, but it's a professionally professional. Really screen. cheap black felt around and to cover the frame, which is made out of like one by twos that you I made, stapled you know, together. You're it because it actually looks like. Oh, it's awesome! Than a I'm just play. saying yeah. we didn't go buy a 104 inch screen of any kind or TV of any kind. It is like put together very well. I will add. I will say it looks. I've like looked at professional nice. screens and. Looking at them, fit and finish, they don't look as good as that. Oh, I was determined That's to make it so. look really nice. Yeah. And it does. It still anyway, looks great. This just fills your screen once the IMAX part starts. And the whole, instead, some IMAX films, and I'm talking about the Batman ones, they only filmed very small sequences in IMAX. So it came and went. Came so it makes went. it really jarring because they, uh, uh, small, big, small, big. And this, the scenes sometimes in The Dark Knight are like five seconds long and then it's back to widescreen again. This, as soon as she goes into the games, the whole of the games are filmed in IMAX until they get out of the games on the other side. Oh, I didn't even notice. Yeah, it went back again. <laughs> and it went back... I was like, I'm looking the... straight at it. I don't notice. Well, it went back in the... When she's... Because I don't care, I guess. In, you know, going... Yeah. It's It slowly went back. So, it. I liked it a lot. I, and I know you didn't notice, but me, I really noticed it. And everybody looked extremely huge all of a sudden, which is the idea of that. Obviously, it would be better on an IMAX screen, but even on our screen, I felt everything looked bigger and more detailed. So, that's... I noticed Walmart are selling a special edition. Excuse me. A special edition version of the Hunger Games Catching Fire that says IMAX edition on the top of it. Now, that's misinformation because we've just got the standard edition and that's also the IMAX edition. So don't fall for that bullshit and go and have to buy it at Walmart because all of them are this version. Don't go buy an IMAX theater and buy that DVD so you can watch it on there. Blu-ray, I mean. But all the editions have the IMAX sequences in the IMAX format. Um, Just don't buy that. I, I was looking when I was looking at which versions there were, and I was like, oh, Walmart has the IMAX version. That one's probably better. Well, no, it's just them putting the words IMAX on it. So people will go and buy that one. So don't fall for that shit. Um, It's a really good-looking Blu-ray. It sounds excellent. There's some really good surround sound in this movie. Like, when they're in the jungle, there's... And especially when the Jabba Jays come, Mm -hmm. and they're all saying different things. They're everywhere. Like, it's crazy the the way they did it. Uh, so I recommend the Blu-ray. And I really like the movie, and I really want to see the end of it now. Even though I know the end of it. You're going to have to wait a long surpri- time. They might su- well, it's out in November, and then... It won't surprise me. I have no expectations. No. What? I have no expectations, so nothing can surprise me. About I do. I really story. like the um, story. I mean, I'm, I'm actually really invested in it. I like it a lot. It doesn't mean I don't like it. It means I have no expectations of future movies. That means I'm neutral to see what happens. Oh, I know. So then Even I though I know what happens, I want to see it played out in front of me. I do too. Th- but I'm neutral yeah. about, like, I don't expect it to be a certain thing or the story to go a certain way or to be a certain quality. I'm just ready for another one. And uh, unfortunately, they've split the new movie up into two parts. So you have to wait until November 2015 to actually get the ending of it. So that's annoying. It really annoys me. Like, you've made the movies already. 
you could just put out one big it might long... might seem outdated by then, too. You could put out a big long four-hour movie if you wanted, but you won't because there's more money to be had splitting it in two. It's annoying. And let's be really practical about it. They do have a little more CGI to work to do now than they had before. Because Mr. Hoffman is no longer with us and they're going to make digital versions of him. I, I'm sure it'll be from the back... You never know. You don't know. You don't know because they did what's his face in the beginning of that one, and it was horrible. But nobody seemed Wait, to care. Tron. Well, not in the beginning. All the way through Tron. No, in the beginning he's young. Oh, that bit. Yeah. Yeah, it was horrible, and yeah. everybody just pretended like it wasn't happening. I'm I, like, I think he's like gave, a horrible CGI. I think they gave character. it a laugh because it was Tron, like because it's like, oh, it's yeah. But he was a, supposed to be a real, real person. person. He's yeah. talking to a real kid in a real house, and he looked horrible, and nobody cared. Do not. This my Tron. <laughs> the rest of it, it's okay. That put me off so completely. You do not this Tron. <laughs> there are three rules to this club. Don't this Tron. To this marriage, I'm mother. Don't this Tron. Don't this Star Wars. And don't this Tron. Can't think of anything to say about Star Wars, <laughs> except it's probably not as good as you think it is. <laughs> it's great, don't get me wrong. But you put it up on that pedestal like I put some things up on that pedestal. (laughs) (laughs) To me, Wizard of Oz is up there. So, you know. So in conclusion, we recommend The Hunger Games. I'm talking for for us both. Okay, okay. Okay, fine. And Catching Fire, I really liked it a lot. So thank you, Lionsgate, for the Blu-ray. Does it make you want to reread the books? It makes me want to read the final chapter again. Ah, so you get your feet, your yeah, yeah like yeah. I get the ending, like I get the ending again, like because now you can put now all I've these got people. the visuals of yeah. this, yeah, yeah. So yeah, uh, maybe, maybe I should. It'll expand your imagination because then I can put these characters as the faces, and then it, it's almost like watching the movie, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Maybe I should do that. Maybe I should as long as you have an IMAX imagination, reread it, yeah, <laughs> in the different aspect ratio. Yeah. Yeah, you have to decide at what part do I make the image <laughs> when go the big? game when she goes up the chin. <laughs> so um, next week's Blu-ray review is the Oscar-nominated American Hustle, and we got it today, and it is very uh, proclaiming that it's up for ten Academy Awards. I think it didn't win any, did it? Uh, or did it? Jennifer Lawrence didn't win one. She didn't. Amy Adams didn't win one. No, Jennifer. I don't think it won, won any. Anyway. We'll be looking at American Hustle next week. So, movie recommendations. Um, mine are on the subject of Catching Fire. Uh, number one, V for Vendetta. And you understand why I would recommend that one? Yes. About a spy. Of rebellion. Of, yeah. um, Natalie Portman. It's an awesome story. And it's the only story that I know that actually makes anybody know anything about Bonfire Night that's not British. Uh, you wouldn't even know if Bonfire Night existed if you were not British, if it wasn't for that movie. And second, Kill Bill, another revenge slash With a woman, woman um, at the helm uh, movie. So, what are yours? Mine, I can only think of one. I don't know why, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't get another one in my head that wasn't Kill Bill. But Xena, Warrior Princess, the TV show. It's awesome. She kicks ass, she's intelligent, she's sensitive, she's damaged, and she's dark on the inside, but she also tries to do good, and it's really awesome. I'm sure it's totally dated by now if you watch it, but it's just quirky and funky, and I recommend if you can find Xena Warrior Princess anywhere. I don't even know where you could find it these days. You can buy the DVD. 
Right, but we're out of... we're. That's old-fashioned, isn't it? Don't we want to watch everything digital? I don't think it's on any of the streaming ones. I've never seen it. Um, it's uh, Sam Raimi. Actually. Correct. So that I'll do that and I'll mix in with your Kill Bill because I think Kill Bill is a, one of the best strong Female. women um, rising up against the bullshit that men have thrown at her in a very tough way. True. So games and Ace Scully stuff this week. Um, Walking Dead Episode 2 came out this week. Um, we haven't played it yet, but t- this evening we will play it. So I'll talk about that next week. Um, Dead Nation is the free PS Plus game this week on the PlayStation 4. So if you own a PlayStation 4 and you own PS Plus, which you probably do if you've got a PlayStation 4, there's a free PS4 game to download. How I would describe it is, do you remember the old game Gauntlet from the arcades in the 70s? No. It's like a top-down, beat-em-up style game. But it was 8-bit. Well, this is like a brand new, like, next generation. The baddies are zombies, and you are a survivor, like the Walking Dead type of deal. But it's all from above, and you're looking down on your characters, and you aim with one stick, and you... you um shoot with a button so it's like a it's like gauntlet but for a new generation <laughs> but it's um it's free there's nothing to lose uh, I really enjoyed it so far played a couple of levels um you might as well play it <laughs> might as well if you own a PS4 even if you if it, actually if you own a PS3 you can play this game because there's a PS3 version as well uh, that came out a couple of years ago this is like a revamped version with better lighting and better PS4 you know bells and whistles I also played a little bit of South Park The Stick of Truth this week. And uh, what I want to say about The South Park Stick of Truth, it's an adventure game, an RPG starring all the South Park characters. It's made by the people who make South Park, Trey and Matt. Uh, not made by them, obviously they can't make games, but uh, made by a dev studio and voiced by the real people and written, the script is written by Trey and Matt. So if you like South Park, you're really going to love it. It looks identical to South Park. It's like you're playing an episode of South Park. There's nothing to where you go, eh, it kind of looks crappy. It just looks like cardboard cutout type animation. It's really interesting to play. Now, me, I'm not a fan of the show. I can't say I'm a fan of the show. I've watched one or two episodes. What I did watch, I kind of liked. But it's not a show I would sit and just watch, if you know what I mean. You're not a fan of the show. No, not. Not at all? Have you watched it? No, anything? not at all. I only watched it for a year, maybe, parks, just whenever it was and on. And what was the reason you didn't like it? I just thought they were really mean-spirited and hateful and kind of dumb Seth, sometimes. Seth MacFarlane's also like that, though, right? And you like his stuff? Uh, I don't find it as mean-spirited as South Park for some reason. Hmm. I just don't. I really liked that one episode of South Park where it was the human centipede and it was about the human centipede <laughs> movie and it was also about Steve Jobs and iPads and it was kind of merged together and it, I found that one extremely hilarious but I think only because both of those subjects are really like on my mind so it made that funnier. Because we can judge the quality of your judgment by the fact that you love the human centipede movies. Yeah, <laughs> true. And they did announce... And you hate... Apple products, so it's like and this, the this, perfect storm. For this you. week, actually, <laughs> on the subject of the human centipede, um, Tom Six show. Uh, if you go to Slash Film, you can see the first screenshots from the new human centipede, Human Centipede Three. So um, it's coming soon. So that's a treat for everybody. 
Not really. Is it a treat? <laughs> no. It's a treat for me, because I like the movies, but I don't know. But it, it, just say you like them. You feel kind of dirty Exactly. After it's like It's not something you want to say that you really... I really like that second one. A lot, like... The concept, I, and it's, I like it's so it awful. It's, it's so F. Like, more, like, way past, like, any line anything should go. It's gone right past it. And you're like, Ugh. whoa, how, how did even... Get away with it. Like, it, like it's like as twisted as you can possibly be. How do you be. get that many people in that room to do that stuff for you? Yeah. <laughs> so now you people want to see Human Centipede, Human Centipede 2. Do not have children They're even... On Netflix. There should be a bubble around your house for about five <laughs> miles that no children should be allowed in to be able to peek in the window or look with binoculars. Or even listen. Or anything. And then uh, make sure that your parents are not around. There are no old people or relatively old people because they will totally think you are the devil if, they're, if you're watching this. Because it's pretty. It is effed up. So South Park, the stick of truth, back to that, is I appreciate a really good game. I played about two hours of it. There were some parts that I was laughing at. But I feel like I'm not in the club because I don't know the stuff. Yeah. So they say things and I assume that that's a character from from the show that everybody loves. They killed Kenny. That means nothing to me. I mean, I know who the the main main ones are, but when you meet some of these peripheral ones and they say things and you're kind of like, I'm to me, it's lost on me. I did find some funny parts. There was some really weird stuff in there. It's really over the line again. Like, it's over the line. This mm-hmm. abortion clinic that I went in that was pretty much over the line. I was like, wow, how did this even get in there? But maybe the show is it's over like the line. It's like that, yeah. Yeah. Um, I appreciate it. Movies, um, like games of TV shows or movies, don't really get made this well. They're usually shit. I've shown you lots of TV movies. Well, you know, games of, like, Spider-Man or, you know, where they just tripe that's just been churned out. This one, obviously, is made by the people who should be making it. Also, Walking Dead wasn't tripe? No. But there is a lot of shitty games that are based on TV shows or movies. This one's not one of them. It's really good. If you're into RPGs and you love South Park, you probably already picked it up this week. Unfortunately, and I wish it was for me, but it's not. But it's definitely good um, entertainment if you're into South Park. The other thing that happened this week is the Oscars. On We just want to briefly go over the Oscars. Um, Ellen DeGeneres hosted it again. I thought she did fantastic. I really liked her. Me too. Um, I, w- I wouldn't be opposed to her just being her now until she doesn't want to do it again because I think she does a superb job at it. Yeah, but the thing is, it's this if it's the same every time, then it's not. I think she can be as interesting. Yeah, but then you're always expecting that same shit, like a pizza gag or a vacuum in the floor gag. Or, but I like that she's not super classy and she kind of keeps everyone like. You know, asking them to tip and then joking that you just had two movies out and you're so-and-so and you've got to have loads of money. And she kind of points out to us that we are sitting there watching a bunch of mostly very wealthy, very out of touch, yeah. for the most part, to really people. And that, like, we're not there to, like, worship them or anything. It's just a thing. It's an entertainment show. And that's it. Like, that's how, that's the vibe I get from her. She doesn't take it too seriously, but she doesn't grime it up. No. So Not I, like Seth MacFarlane last year, which I think was a totally... I think he was all right. I don't think he was a good choice at all, because... You just don't like him. Well, that that's true, but I also don't like Ellen in any way. I'm not, like, 
Yeah, but you don't dislike Ellen. You dislike Seth MacFarlane. Right. But I also thought he wasn't that interesting. Chris Rock, I thought was really good. I like Wolverine. Professionally. Yeah, he brought some musical stuff mm-hmm. to it, which was kind of cool. He was kind of classy. But this year's uh, Oscar ceremony, I really liked. I, fe- I felt... I've heard other people talk about it and say, oh, it was too long, it was really boring. I, it felt like it zipped by for me. Like, yeah, it and was we watched all the commercials. We watched everything. Because we watched it with the antenna on the back of the TV. And we watched <laughs> the entire broadcast start yeah. to finish. And it never felt like... like You know, sometimes you're kind of watching an award show and you're like... Okay, are we going to get to the best picture or what? Like To me, it was like, just, whoa, it's yeah. the best picture already? Yeah. And, you know, congratulations to Matthew McConaughey. I thought his speech, even though his speech contained a bit of God stuff, which I'm not into, I thought it was a well... Mm-hmm. I don't know if somebody wrote that speech for him or he no, prepared it himself. I mean, himself. you know, but I think it was a really good speech. It was, you know, Jared Leto's speech was really, really good, Very like good. inspirational. Um who else did a good speech? Okay, um, Catherine, no, what's her name? She was Bob Dylan. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, she gave a good one, too, about women in Hollywood and women at the True. helm of a movie. Um, <laughs> That's the role I think of. When and I'm then Best part. Picture was 12 Years a Slave. It was interesting because, like, Gravity was um, getting all the... It was Gravity, 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 and then... Yeah, but, the like, end. she... Ellen pointed this out in the first two minutes of, the, of her shtick in the very beginning... If you if if twelve years a slave doesn't win, then we're all a bunch of racists. Yeah, and she's she joking about it, but then in the end, it won. And I'm not saying that is true. I'm just saying that if Gravity, some movie about a woman in space who's got some emotional problems, would beat out something as serious and as heartfelt as a whole thing about a whole thing in history and a person who survived something way horrible than this fictional woman is dealing with. But I thought it was quite cool. I know that Gravity. Took a load of awards, but, you know, Dallas Buyers Club, obviously, which deservedly, uh, Matthew McConaughey deserved to me. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and Jared Leto, because yeah. he was a Leto. He was real. So I that. liked the way the awards kind of were split. It was cool. And then the best picture yeah. happened to be a different one that, that hadn't won anything, really, and then wins Didn't Dallas Buyers Club win a writing award or something? Yeah. Writing as well. Yeah. So, yeah, I thought it was a good ceremony. Um we like movie stuff, though, and people who aren't really, like, we're not, we're kind of, we're not movie fanatics. We don't worship anything. We just, I love watching stories, and movies are the best way to get that into my brain, because I don't read, and I don't read that well. I mean, I read fine, but I have a hard time with reading whole books. I'm not patient enough, and I backtrack a lot, and I feel like I'm committed. Once I start a book, right? Versus a movie. I will carry that book around with me every second of the day. It's like I get obsessed and then I don't want to put it down for even five minutes because if I leave it down for half a day, I pick it up and I'm like, oh crap, I'm going to have to read the the last three pages. Even with video games, you just like (laughs) delve into it and like as though... You, as though it's not going to be there tomorrow. You just that's my personality. I'm an addictive person. Whereas mine is, um, I can get. I read books. I read books all year round. But it might take me two months to read a book. I read a few pages in bed and then next day... I think day, that is definitely an addictive personality thing. Yeah. Because I have the thing where, you know, also, I'll have like a bunch of new pens in their packages. Like five or six new pens I want to draw. But you don't with. want to take them out of the package. I don't want to take them out because you know what's going to happen as soon as I take them out, I'm just going to use them up. And then you have to buy some more. 
<laughs> well, not just that, but it's like they're precious and like I'm going to just I'm going to use the shit out of them once they open and I just like that I know myself, you know. And so I think that we like the Academy Awards not because it's like, oh, it's so glamorous and all these rich people deserve to lick each other's ass because that is what it is. No one needs an award for being in a movie. But I look at it as they're the storytellers of our time that may change in 150 years from now, but 150 years ago was books and plays and live performances and people playing music on their porch and telling stories to each other. And now we have movies and they're told to us in the range of a way, the endless variety of ways of characters and looks and all kinds. And that's why I think when I'm watching the Academy Awards, it also reminds me of things I, I'm not aware of. Movies I haven't seen, stories I don't know about. The documentaries are always like, oh, oh, that's happening in the world. You know, you're like, well, the whole section of do documentaries is like, the world is a terrible place. And these people are there to show it to us. And I just think people underestimate the, it's an award ceremony, yes, but behind it is you're going to introduce me to a lot more stuff. And if I do like something and it gets some kind of attention, then I think that's good, too. Uh, and finally, we it, the HBO Go app came out this week for the PlayStation 3. So if you have a PlayStation 3 and you subscribe to HBO, you can now use the HBO Go app which is HBO On Demand, basically. It's all of their catalogue of whatever they show in that month. And you can pick something whenever you want, instead of having to turn on HBO and wait for the thing to come on. So last night, we turned it on for the first time, because we've never used it before. And we went to the documentary section. Well, but first of all, we were going to look, we were looking at every single, the synopsis of every single thing. Of every show, every movie. We were just going through them right. all. And then you came across this one, and you said... Oh, that was interesting. Yeah, and it was a documentary called Death of a Factory Farm. Death at, the fa at a Factory Farm. Death at a Factory Farm. Mm -hmm. And um, it's one of those HBO undercover shows. They've done several over the years. And it was about hog farming and cruelty to animals within a hog farm. And it was a guy called Pete. <laughs> quote, unquote. Quote, unquote. Undercover. Uh, he gets a job there, and Hidden Camera films what goes on there. And it is incredibly hideous and horrible, and these human beings in it, I would like to do what they did to the hogs, to them, because it was... I couldn't believe what I was seeing. And I've seen some stuff before of, of animal cruelty, but this just was... It was the flippant way they Exactly. It's not that it happens, because we know people suck, and... There is this, there are like, to me, there are like these three ways of thinking about animals as food, right? There are the people who think, um, it's just a hamburger and I know nothing else about it and I'm just going to keep eating hamburgers. Yeah, that's I want to be do. ignorant of the whole. Well, not even, they're not even aware of anything else that no. goes with it. It's just, that's what you do. You eat a hamburger, you eat a roast, you eat a chicken. That's it. I'm, I'm completely, that's it. That's the life. That's how it goes. Then there's the middle, where there is the whole argument between the people who care about animals and the people who want to make money off of selling them as food. And in there is the whole range of the people who, the, the worst people who want to make the most money. And I mean, I don't mean the best people who want to make, I mean, the worst people combined with the fact that they want to make the most money 
couldn't give a shit. They will, they will argue to you, if you want that burger on your plate, then you better just shut up and close your eyes and don't pay attention to what we're doing. Because if you tell me I have to do this and this and this, and you're going to regulate me and put laws on me, and I have to be careful and I have to be humane, then that hamburger's going to cost you twice as much. So you better shut up and leave me alone. And if you don't shut up and leave me alone, I'm going to kick the shit out of you or burn your house down or get you fired or make you feel like Oprah got sued once for saying that she didn't want to eat hamburgers anymore by the Cattlemen's Association of America because they said she was going to damage their sales for the year. Then on the other end of that are the animal rights people who are saying, I'm not even talking about the vegan people yet. I'm talking about the animal rights people who probably still eat meat themselves. Right? They're inside this Oh, this group. guy. Pizza. Right. They still eat meat. But all they're saying is, if we're going to eat them, why do we have to, why do you have to take out the anger and the abuse and the horribleness on them? We can find a middle ground. Like, there has to be a way for us not to not let them just live their life until the day when, yes, we're going to slaughter and eat them. It sounds horrible enough, but I mean, that's the middle ground. And then you have the vegan people, the animal rights people, and then on the far end of the spectrum, you have people who truly and honestly, and I don't give a shit what anybody listening has to think about them, I respect their views, um, but not the people who want to insult them because of it, but there are people who truly believe that everything that's alive is connected and that if you are, if you allow your species, uh, our species, because we can think and we can rationalize and we understand what we're doing, right? We can put it in context of, oh, look, I'm picking up this little piglet and bashing it against the wall because I fucking hate this pig. This is what happens in this show. Yeah. And, no, this is, right. the show actually shows. Right. Um, exactly. A man picking up a piglet. And this is the way that they euthanize the little piglets all over the country. smash it against the wall. Smash their head against the wall or on the floor, hit it with a hammer. And that, why does that have to exist when all, you know, there are other ways. So why can't we just take that part out? That's their thing. You know, that's like... But what this movie shows is, like, these, you know, these idiot dudes who just, like, find it hilarious to, like, to... The know. one guy in particular. Yeah, he's just a real because sniggering... Because he's got daddy kind of, issues. And His he's dad like owns the farm and he hates the hogs. by his neck uh, and then just kind of, like, grabbing hold of it. It's and this, just, they go to court because the whole the film and stuff, the evidence is what he filmed undercover. And then they go to court. Yeah, to like, half them. of the movie's in court. Um, and it's, I enjoyed that part because it yeah. was like everything. It was not, not nothing hidden. It was mm-hmm. like, here's everybody's testimonies and watching the faces of people who you can quite clearly, we know they're guilty of doing that. Yeah. They show the video in the court and they still kind of. Oh, there are people who I know from where I'm from, if you're animal rights person at all. They would. I can. I can hear it coming out of some people's mouth. Well, I might as well take a gun to your head and shoot you right now. But I don't even see saying. it as an animal right thing. I see it as like basic human. Like why you something's wrong with you yeah. if you take pleasure if you're in laughing abusing your head something. off when you're smacking a piglet on the head with a hammer. Like you're laughing. And you yes, do. you might later eat some pork chops and you might eat some bacon. I get it. That makes it sound. I mean, like, I'm talking a piglet. Yeah, little baby pig. Yeah. But, I mean, the piglet's going to grow up to be meat anyway. They do, but he's smashing a baby pig over the head with a hammer in the video, and it's hilarious. To him. And even the guy in the in the thing who said, I don't he, really like to see that, he was still an asshole. He, he kind of, well, 
I don't know that every single person who is a stander by, I do have some, I have a thing like the woman who stands up to them, you know, she's that person. She's going to say to them, what are you doing? This is wrong. But they're not going to listen to her. No. Then you got the dudes who stand around and their stomach is curdling and they're like, this guy is such an asshole, but I got to have this job. Like I can't stand up to the boss's son. So I'll joke around with him and say, you're a sick fucker. Ha ha ha. So I don't know, you know, it's a gray area there. Not everybody can be a superhero. But not to ruin the whole thing. (laughs) Death on a Factory Farm. It's on HBO Go in the documentary section. Um, It's really good. And eye-opening. And Eye-opening. You definitely should... Don't watch it with the children in the room if you want them to ever um, agree to eat bacon again. Because they will ask you questions. And if you're the kind of parent that says, well, we're going to eat them anyway, what difference does it make? Then you're an asshole. Yeah, it's not, it's not, um. Your, your comment was, I want to see that done to them. I want that guy to get a chain around his neck and then go, now that's, there's some hidden anger there in you. A little violence. Well, just this, they, they just get, you got on my left. And then you have the good old boys club sitting up there and testifying, well, I don't know if he's suffering. Yeah. I don't know if that pig's suffering. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Anyway, uh, what's for dinner? Sit down. Well, not, first. Not pig. Oh, what's for dinner? No. No, <laughs> that's I guess that's one of the things. We haven't eaten meat now for five years. So, you know, while I was watching it, I was like, I'm just glad I haven't. I've eaten my share of pigs. Don't get me wrong. I have no, I, that's just the way life is. And I have, but now I'm just glad I don't contribute to it, um, to the best of my knowledge. Tonight we're having the opposite of pork, I think, which would be tofu. Which is soybean, milk, curd, and vegetables, and some french fries. And then my advice, first I have to remind you that another thing we saw on our little hike on the way home was kind of funny. We saw a lady in an SUV driving up a very long driveway from her house to the blacktop road. Like they lived, you know. That's what might be like a mile, right? No, no. From the house to the top. No, it's probably a couple hundred yards, right? Not very far. Maybe a quarter of a mile even. It wasn't that far. Um, off the side of the road. And we see you're driving and you're like, is that a trash bin? Like one of those blue trash bins, like dragging behind the SUV. And the back lid was open of the SUV, you know, the trunk thing. And then I saw like a teenager's foot and there's a teenager sitting in the back holding on to the trash bin as mom drives Slowly. the trash bin out to the road. <laughs> and that's right. And I was just like, we we're both like, Ugh. Now, if she, I said, if she's on her way to the store and says, hey, grab the bin on the way. Personally, that's I would have said to the teenager. Get off your butt. Walk that trash bin down to the end and come back. It'd be <laughs> yeah. nice exercise for you. Bye. But it just looked really funny. And then you're just like, I wonder why people think we're all so indulgent that we would drive our trash bin it down was a bit crazy. the lane. <laughs> and finally, your My advice. My advice is tomorrow I'm going to spend the day with three of my best friends in the whole world of my whole life. And... Um, when my advice is when you're with your friends, this is what I do when I'm with my friends. Now I don't have children who can occasionally text and call and, and you know, on their mothers cause they're all mothers. I'm not a mother, but they are. And occasionally they just look at the phone and go, Oh God, I'm not answering at this time. And sometimes they're like, Oh God, I got to take this because she's needing her prom dress or something like that. You never know. But for the most part, minus the children part. We kind of ignore everything else, like everything else sort of melts away. The world melts away. You know, you just spend time with your friends and you focus on your friends. None of us sit there and like phone or Facebook other than if the children call. 
that's basically the only, and there's no rules or anything. It's just that kind of happens. Um, boyfriends and husbands don't really penetrate the bubble much during the day. And I'd say, let the world disappear for a day or a few hours when you're with your best friends and focus on them. Because as you get older, the time together might get less and less and they have other things to do. So, I don't know, make the most of it and don't let the world interfere with your day with your friends. Good advice. I um, think so. I will be taking that advice <laughs> straight to my heart. You take that advice every time you play Call of Duty with your friend. So I want to remind you about our <laughs> So you our know websites. my advice. Our websites are? I want to remind you about them. Do you, our website, you have to restart every time you get interrupted? I am going to remind you <laughs> about <Yes>. our websites. <laughs> Ascoli.com. I want to do it again. And Sidtar.com. <laughs> and I will remind you about social networking. Twitter. And Facebook. <laughs> the Twitter. And podcasts. We have podcast. This is a podcast. This you is can the get this podcast on the iTunes Music Store, the Zoom Marketplace, or on Stitcher. It's not the Zoom Marketplace anymore. Or you can go to aschoolie.com, click on the word podcast, do what you need to do there, and you can subscribe in any way, you, shape, or form you can possibly imagine. All podcasting no, needs. I can't just sit here and, and think it and have it come into my brain. That is uh, going to be in the next update <laughs> you can also email feedback to me at aschoolie.com don't email Sid Talk. she hates everybody else only just a, only a friend she likes and possibly me and finally uh, stay classy Mr. Philip Seymour Hoffman mm-hmm. thank you and I'm going to say think for yourself or someone will do it for you